0: This morning we are going to be looking at, um, not necessarily a particular passage, but the main idea of Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Before we get going, let's pray and ask God to minister to us. Father, we're so thankful and grateful that you are our God and we are your children, and that you love us and accept us and delight in us because of Christ Jesus. We're so thankful that you love us not because of how well we perform or what we do, but in spite of us. You love us because you are love. And we're so grateful and thankful that you treat us as our Heavenly Father, you You discipline us, you care for us, you train us and treat us in marvelous ways, knowing how to get at us and deal with the issues of our lives that we might be formed into the image of your son. We thank you for being such a great heavenly father, being so faithful, so kind and patient and gentle with us. We thank you because you're so good to us. And we ask this morning that you would teach us to be like you. That you would be like, that we'd be like you as parents toward our children. Be towards our children as you are toward us. For we ask this in Christ. Amen. You know, more often than not, we as parents, we go throughout life just getting things done. On to the next thing. And as a result... You know what so much of our parenting is like? It's just reacting. Reacting to what's going on. So we just move from one thing to the next, one thing to the next, reacting to whatever it is they're doing, finding ourselves. And usually in all kinds of weird situations. And off you go to the grocery store, right? Moms, you could probably relate to this. You go with your children You have all kinds of trouble getting into the the van just to get there. It's a big hassle. All kinds of craziness going on, and you get everybody buckled in, and somebody has to go to the bathroom, and then and then you get them all buckled in. You get them there, and just to get them across the parking lot into the grocery store, you get them into the grocery store, and that was a hassle. And you get in there, and all of a sudden, oh no, you got a meltdown in the middle of an aisle and they want something, and you thwart their will, oh, God forbid, right, you thwart their will, they did not like that, they didn't get what they wanted, and so they have a, they start freaking out, now you got a mess on your hands, you got other kids here, and you got this one melting down, and it's a disaster, and so about, this keeps going, this doesn't end, so about 11 o'clock, you are ready to kill one of these kids, or maybe all of them, and maybe yourself, and, and, and then you wonder, why did we ever do this? What's going on? What, what is happening? You know, what's so often we ask questions. Is there any hope for us? Is there any hope for this chaos? Can we expect anything different? Or is this simply what you get with children, and you might as well resign yourself to it because there's no hope. It's just pandemonium, craziness all kinds of stressful situations. Well, thankfully, you know what? God has a better way for us. God actually instructs us and gives all kinds of wisdom. And he helps us. He guides us. He directs us. And then as people, and here's the other thing that happens, is people apply the word of God and and seek to apply it. We gain wisdom as well. And we're able then to pass on wisdom. and, And then people can get take that wisdom in applying God's word and, and help help us out because sometimes you know if we can't bring some order to the chaos our lives are just a total wreck and it can we can feel like there's uh, you know this is just craziness why would anybody ever do this well you know this morning's service sermon sorry is going to be a practical sermon. But I don't want you to go away from this thinking that as long as we do this, we can have this. And the reason I'm going to do this is because I want this desperately. Ultimately, in what we want to do, we want to, we want to obey the Lord. We want to please him. We want to do what he calls us to. And we want our children to obey the Lord. We want him, them to do what he's called them to. Because if you think of Colossians chapter three, verse 20, it says, children, listen up, children, children, Children hear this children Colossians 3:20 children obey your parents know what else it says for this pleases the Lord children obey your parents for this pleases the Lord uh, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 says children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right Honor father your father and mother for this is the first commandment with a promise. Did you hear that children? Children, honor your father and your mother, obey them. Why? Because this is the first commandment with a promise. Do you know what the promise is? That you may live that it may go well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Do you want it to go well? If you're a child here this morning, do you want it to go well with you? And you want to live long on the earth? Here's the first commandment of the promise. Obey your parents. So God has called children to obey their parents. And then also God has called parents to train and disciple their children. Because you know what? Every little child who, ever, who heard this this morning, children, obey your parents. They don't even know what that means. <laughs> they don't get it. They don't understand it. And in fact, they have a struggle within themselves because they want their way. They want their own will. But God gives parents, and He says this in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, He gives them instruction and says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train them up. So God calls parents to train a child, to train them in the way they should go. Deuteronomy 6 5 tells them to instruct their children at all times so that they love God, love others. Parents are given the charge of training. We also looked at last week, didn't we? Several verses talked about all kinds of passages and proverbs that parents are to correct, are to discipline, are to spank, are to to bring the rod of discipline in the children's lives so that they, you know, they might learn, that they might learn what the difference between good and evil, that they might discern, that they might actually put away their own foolishness that's bound up in their own hearts. So it's pretty clear that parents call, on the one hand, he calls children to obey parents, and there's blessing and it pleases him. On the other hand, he calls parents to train and teach their children to obey. Parents, train your children. Now, when it comes to training and instructing our children, we've got to understand there are effective ways and there are ineffective ways. And so as I talk about what we're going to look at this morning, about how do we train our children, what does it mean? What does it mean to train them? Don't think of this as just a means to get your children to do what you want. You want children who obey you because this is for their good and blessing. You want to disciple and discipline your children because God has called you to do that. This morning, let me plead with you, parents. Don't do this for pragmatic reasons. Do this because this is what the Lord requires of you. Seek to obey Him. Seek to delight the Lord and do and follow Him, knowing that with Him comes goodness and blessing. Don't get this attitude, life tried it, it doesn't work. It's not about trying it and working. That's the pragmatic way of looking at it. Understand that God has called you to do something. He's called you to train. He's called you to correct. He's called you to discipline. But this morning, there, you know, there is an effective way and there's wisdom of applying this. And the question is this. This is the question I seek to answer this morning. How do we train our children? Well, there's an effective way and there's an ineffective way. Do you realize that non-training is a training? You're actually training them to be rebellious, to be selfish, to be disrespectful and dishonorable. If you want to see that kind of training, just pull into Walmart and go for a walk. It's effective. But if you want to know the effective training that God's calling uh, you to as parents... He says, parents, you know, you must discipline, you must correct, you must train. There is wisdom in how to train. And so this is going to be highly practical this morning. I'm going to do something I don't normally do. I actually, it's funny, I don't even like to do it all the time, but I will do it this morning. There's five steps. So this is going to be a five steps kind of a, a sermon. And so if you have a notepad and a pen and you like to take notes and you really want to know, like, okay, are there, there's five steps to really effective training that results in helping your children to obey and for you to do what you need to do as, uh, as parents. And I've, just as a personal anecdote, I'm sharing this with you because I have, I, in my parenting, I found this incredibly helpful. It's if you've got some tools, some handles. For me, it's just knowing, you know, not knowing that this is what you should do. But the question for me a lot of times is, how do you do it? <laughs> I just if you if I said you guys need to train your children, that's great, Dean. But how? Right? This is how. This is how you can train effectively. And, and here's the other thing you need to know. This, what I'm about to say, it isn't, thus says the Lord. I don't want you to think that if you don't do it exactly like this every step of the way, that somehow now I'm disobeying God. This is wisdom and how you can train in an effective way. I, just, I think that's important to see up front. So, what are they? Well, here, to begin with, First step, if you want to effectively train your children, you need to have a plan. Okay, that's obvious. That should go without saying, right? Yeah. You need to have a plan because before I say what I'm going to say next, it's important that you sit down and you know what needs to be worked on. So in training, this means that you you think through the areas and if you husband and wife, as we've talked about, even in your times of communication and you guys talking about the family, you should be able to list out what are the issues and areas in our children that need work. And so you list them out. What, what might they be? Maybe it's just simple instructions. They need, we need to train them in, in listening. We, uh, picking up their toys when they're asked. Greeting guests when they arrive. Eating what's put in front of them. Sitting still in church. You name it. Whatever it is, I guarantee as parents, if you sat with your spouse right now, you'd say, what do you think are the top five issues that need to be dealt with with our kids? You'd probably come up with 10. Pretty quick. 20. And so whatever it is, you first of all need to say, okay, let's sit down and discuss what are the issues. This is part of the plan. And then you need to have it clear in your head, okay, out of all those issues, let's what is the most important? What's the number one priority here? Of all these issues, because we're not going to tackle them all, Let's let's do one at a time. Let's take the most important issue, maybe the most fundamental issue, and let's nail that one down. Now, as part of a plan, now that you, let's say you know what it is, you know... You have an understanding of what it is you want to address, you need to figure out what are you going to do to train them and when are you going to do it and where are you going to do it. Just the fundamental details of planning. Because you need a plan. What, where, when, what exactly are you going to do? Don't just go make it up on the fly and say, okay, let's make this up because you know what happens when that happens. It's usually a little bit of a disaster. It doesn't work. So a good plan has all the details figured out. What are we going to do? And we'll get into more of those, the details of what you can do later. But it need to figure this all up up front. And so let's just say, let me give you an example. Let's just say the most important thing for you to do is I can't even forget anything else. I can't even give my kid a simple instruction and have them do it. So let's just start off the fundamental basics. They won't sit still for two seconds while I tell them something, instruct them. And then when I do, it's forget it. They don't do it. Fundamental, that's what we need to work on. The basics of hearing, doing. That's it, right there. Well, you need to figure out, so this is what we're going to work on. When are we going to do this? And here's something you need to understand. In your plan, plan to be very consistent and regular. Don't think that you will train and work on this one thing once and then it's all good. This is something that you have to work on. So, you should have training time. When are we going to work on this? Where are we going to do this? How is this going to work? Plan out the details. Don't just dive into this and think, let's go and do it without a plan and thought through. It's never going to stand up. And once you have this plan, once you figure it out, okay, where, what, when, what are we going to work on, and how is this all going to function, then, you, then the next step. What's the next step? Explanation. This means that you explain what is expected of the child along with the consequences. You take your plan, you sit down with your children, and you say, children, we've got something to tell you. Or child, whatever it is. We have got something we're going to do. What is that? We are going to do some training. Dryland training. Really, what's that? Well, we're going to work on perhaps what it is, is we're going to work on listening. Listening? Yeah, it'll be fun. (laughs) We're going to work on listening. And so you need to explain what you're going to do, tell them the plan, where you're going to do it, when you're going to do it, and what's expected. This is how it's going to work. This is not how it's going to work. And this is what you need to do when you do it. So here's the thing. It's just like what God does to us, or... Actually, what God did to Adam. Remember the garden? What did God do? God, first of all, he tells Adam, Adam, this is your garden. And in it, you're allowed to have any fruit in it that you would like. Except there's one tree in it. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You're not allowed to eat that fruit. And then if you eat that fruit, the moment you eat of it, you will surely die. So, Real clear explanation. Okay, here's your garden. Here's the parameters. Here's what you're allowed to do. Here's what you can do. And here's what you can't do. Consequences involved. So the same way you explain to your children. Here are the parameters. Here's here's how it's going to work. This is what you're going to do. This is what you're not going to do. And this will happen if you don't do it. So let's use the listening example. You might say something like, Okay, Sally and Johnny, we're going to work on listening to instructions. Okay? Okay? And so when I say to do something, I want you to say, yes, mommy or daddy, whoever is doing this at the time, and then you do it as quickly as possible, okay? Do you understand? Got it, okay. Or huh? Or forget it, you know, or whatever it is. But also, if they don't do what you ask them to do, tell them, let them know that you, if you don't do what I ask you to do, I'm going to give you a smack. And you can even show them, demonstrate on yourself what you mean. A smack. I'm going to give you a smack. Okay, is that understood? Do you understand? Okay. All right, it's all clear. So now the expectations are clear, but you still, you're not done um, yet getting involved, getting to it. Because now what you need to do, so you, there's explanation. Now there needs to be some demonstration. And here's step three. Demonstrate what it is you want them to do. Show them how it's to be done. Because you will be amazed at the disconnect. Have you ever done this? Tell your kids something, and then they do it, and it 's like that 's not what I said it 's because little children, depending on how old they are, the older they are, hopefully the, the better they get an instruction. But the younger they are, the more they need an example. So give them a de- demonstrate for them what it is you want them to do. Show it, actually sit down, and this can be kind of funny, as you know you can do if you do the mom and dad thing. The one acts like the child, the other acts like the parent, and they walk through exactly what you want the child to do. And so they they usually will laugh as they watch you do this. Now, of course, God didn't do this with Adam in the garden, but he didn't need to. We've got a grown adult. Hopefully, you don't, you know, certain basic things you don't need demonstrated. It's pretty clear and obvious. But for little children, it needs to be really clear, and so you can demonstrate for them. And so this... This can, this can actually get a little bit of a laugh. But make sure that you demonstrate for them and they clearly understand it. Now, this is the fourth step. What do you do once you've demonstrated it for them? Well, you have them try it to see well, how well they understand it. And so, just like God gave Adam the instruction, what did God do after he gave Adam the instruction? to Do not eat. Put him in the garden. He explained everything. Set it all up. Then he says, Go. At some point, God, God watches, and he didn't jump in and intervene. He doesn't do anything. He just watches to see what happens. And Adam obviously uh, did what he shouldn't have done. And now, clearly, when our children don't perform the task they weren't asked to do, they're not going to have a, a penalty like bringing the downfall of all humanity. It's, it's clearly not on the same scale. So it's a little different what you're doing here. Obviously, it's not like Adam in the garden, but you can see as a father how he, he, he's going to deal with his son. You also can see this with Israel, how he treats Israel how he, in the wilderness, how clearly he explains in detail what, he's, what they're to do and watches them do it. And as they do it, then he brings judgment and blessing. But he, they have to, you have to watch them try it. And see how they do. And sometimes you're going to find that when they do this, they could be silly. They could be self-willed. They could do it right away. You don't know what you're going to get. But the whole point is this is where the training begins. You're now going to watch and see how they perform in it and see how they do. And then, now, now that you have them do it, this is the last step. And this is the one that really will determine how this all goes. This is where you give them immediate feedback. So, in the example with Adam in the garden, God says, Adam, where are you? And God deals with Adam, right? What will, so, what do they do? God tells them and speaks to them and, 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 and actually addresses the issues immediately up front. And now, in the same way, a parent giving feedback. Understand this when I'm saying feedback, immediate feedback, it isn't just negative. If your child does anything that's worthy of praise, praise them, celebrate it. That'll that'll enforce as much as anything uh, that behavior that you're training. Very good, very well done, excellent job. And then, on the other hand, obviously, when they deviate, which they might do instantly, when they They don't follow the plan. They go off and do what they're not supposed to do. It's just as important that they immediately get the smack. Now, a word of wisdom here, and I use the word smack intentionally. Because I'm saying smack, um, and it could be because I don't want this. This is a little different than when you're going through life and there's a command giving throughout life and there's disobedience and there's spankings involved. Because if in tra- when you're training, what you're trying to do is you're trying to repet- repetitiously cultivate and create a pattern and an understanding of how to do it. And sometimes if you do the spanking thing in this, you could have a 30-minute meltdown that you're trying to rebuild the child from. Because sometimes spankings go like that. They're like, depending on the child, discipline can be like, you spank them and you've got yourself, you're involved in a, in a process of rebuilding them. So it, if... You do not want to do that because you want to repeat the process over and over and train them. So, this is why I say smack. You want to get their attention. I did, that's wrong. Don't do that. So they understand that. And get back going as soon as possible. Reset. Create the boundaries for them. And this is what this little smack will do. Because, again, listen if you're to re- reinforce a behavior, do you think that you could just do it once and then you think you have it? There's not a, there's not a chance. Don't ever think that you think because you, you corrected, taught them, or disciplined them on something that you've got it. No, th- th- this is something that takes... This is whole idea of the word training. When you're training, you've got to go over and over and over until it becomes a reality in their lives. Something that they do almost without thinking. That's the idea of training. Here's the other thing. Remember. Do not exasperate them don 't do this to the point where this child is about ready to throw up because they can 't handle it anymore and you 're just like you got the hard hat on work gloves, work boots, you know you 're out there like the general, and we 're going to get perfection this morning, <laughs> and I tell you what until we get this down it's like, you know you 're just going crazy on this child it 's like no that 's going to exasperate them, and it will not be effective and they 'll It doesn't produce the fruit you want. This is why your expectations, you're training and you're looking to get progress, not perfection. You're looking to get them to develop them and train them in a certain habit. And so you also, here's the other thing that will happen. If you set your expectations here and you get here, what happens to you as a parent? You exasperate the child and you're going to give up, you get discouraged. You're like, oh, man, this is just, what's the point of this? Well, the point is to make progress and train them. That's the point. The point isn't perfection. You're not trying to get so, like, they're just without a flaw. This thing's just nailed. No, you're working to develop them and, and get them to the point where you want them to get to. And certain behaviors can only be gotten to incrementally. So perhaps you take a whole week or a month or whatever it takes to get to where you want to get on a certain behavior. Set your expectations appropriately, and you won't be discouraged, and your children won't be exasperated, and you'll be able to continue to do this throughout their childhood. I'm going to give you, um, I'm going to bring this all together for you. And I want to provide an example and show you kind of how this can work. And there uh, there was a family that I read about that I'm going to use as an example. They had, a, they had a bunch of crazy kids. They were just wild and crazy, out of control. And they were absolute animals during the worship service. And so they, they learned and were taught on how to train their children. And so they decided that they would go home and do basically what I've just laid out here. And because they were, they were fed up, they, didn't, they know they needed to do something, and so they, they went and applied this. And so they started off with, they went home and they decided, they made a plan, they figured out, okay, we're going to do this every single day and start incrementally. We'll start with 15 minutes and work our way up to two hours is what we're going to do. And we're just going to work on this every single day. And so what, we'll, what they, their plan was, is they take, we're going to take the kids, we're going to sit them all in a row, and dad's going to read to them. And they're just going to sit there. We're going to explain to them. We want you to sit there and be quiet while dad reads to you. And so, uh, and then the mom was going to sit b- behind them and she had the ruler. And she sat behind them with the ruler. And so they started off and, you know, right away, here's little Johnny. He, he, he pokes, pokes his sister and, and starts off. and He gets a whack. It's like. You know, and then they didn't do it this like I think it was probably around fifteen minutes or so they started with and and so he read and every they were clearly instructed, and they were cl- clearly explained and demonstrated and they they got this immediate feedback and so they get through the fifteen minutes and they keep adding time each day of the week and and so by that next Sunday, a brand new family walked into the church service. This family walked in and sat there and no one barely recognized them because the animals who were normally trying to be caged in the zoo were all sitting there quietly and listening and paying attention. Now, and that's, this isn't like a one-off. You know, children, God said, parents, train up your child in the way you should go. Train them, correct them, discipline them. And children, you're to obey your parents. Do you think God set that out there and giggled? (laughs) This will be funny. This is a total impossibility. I have totally set them up. (laughs) No. He's like, this is, if you've got to train and disciple your children, correct them and train them in the way they should go, and children are to obey their parents because this this is what pleases me and delights me, and it's possible to be done. But how do we do that? Well, there's great wisdom in, in following this. If you want to train your children in something, stop being a reactive parent who just goes through life. And here's, here's something I want you to understand. Too many of us expect way too much of our kids at the wrong times and way too little are of our kids at the wrong time. Here, this is what I mean. If you come here and you expect your kids to sit still and you've not trained and discipled them, you expect way too much of your kids. But if you, on the other hand, say, well, there's no, there's no way. I couldn't even imagine my kids sitting still. There's no way. But I, I would never take them to the grocery store. Be, it's a total disaster every time. You expect way too little of your kids and what God can do through training and discipline. We expe- we, we, you could, you'd be amazed at what your children would do if you work and train them and disciple them and correct them and, and actually invest in their life, not just React. But if you think you 're going to walk through life, and then when you get in the scenario, the situation and you expect them to deliver you 're in for a world of hurt I have a personal story where this was just one of the most awkward, embarrassing things that ever happened back in the uh, the mid 90s we were at a church we were going to went to a family 's home, and we were about to leave and these they were high octane discipline family but the boy was told by his parents, "Say goodbye to them and shake her hands." Well, he didn't. Um, he didn't do it. Bad choice. Well, Dad marches him off to the bathroom and spanks him, and he comes back and says, uh, "And that was was kind of because we could hear what's going on. It was like one of those awkward moments." And he comes back and he says, "Now shake his hand." And I'm thinking, "Please shake my hand." <laughs> <laughs> He didn't shake my hand, and and I and I'm saying um, it's okay. Don't worry about it. You know. Oh no, I'm worried about it. Um, oh no, and so he takes his boy off, and and I could hear it all. And they come back, and and here we are. And it's even more awkward now. Shake his hand. You're not going to believe this. <laughs> he didn't do it. <laughs> no, please, shake man. I, we we got to get going, and so. Um, he goes again, and it was it, it, finally he shook shook my hand and uh I w- it was just uh it was one of the w- most awkward worst situations i've been in but I, I realized you know that's a parent that expected way too much of their child when when he shouldn't have and probably spe- expected way too little of them when they when he shouldn't have because that could be done that could have been done they could have done that as parents they could have actually reenacted that a whole bunch of times and worked on it before he ever, and then he goes to the child, shake their hands. He he knows what's going to happen because they've trained that. The expectation has been, they've discipled it. They've worked with the child, and the child now responds. But you put them in that environment. If you come here on a Sunday morning and you expect, you know, if their expectation is that your children sit there and they'll love, and yeah, this is great, and be all obedient and everything else, and that if, you're a fool. But if you think that that's an impossibility, that's also a fool, because you, the behavior that you want to and expect from your child, the obedience that you're looking for from them, you know, because God, again, what does God say? Children, obey your parents. It's not because they can't; they will. But they requires that you do on your hand train up the child in the way they should go. Correct them, discipline them, and you will be amazed. Now, I want to encourage you as parents that when you follow God's ways, there's blessing in that. Now, be prepared also for a lot of work. But it's good, rewarding work that's proactive, it's not the kind of work where it's just crazy, chaotic, reactionary. Oh, no, what are we going to do now? Well, if you find yourself there, that's, that's the kind of work nobody wants. That's stressful, depressing, and suicidal at times. So you, with parenting, with parenting, you need to train. Amen. Father, we're so thankful and grateful that you've given us your word, you've guided, you've directed, you've shown us what it is you want for us and our children. I ask, Father, that you would bless, that you would minister grace to all us families, that as we do this and as we fail and as we miserably make mistakes, that you accept us, that you delight in us, and you continually to train us and disciple us We're so thankful that you treat us as an amazing Heavenly Father. I pray that you would grant us grace to train up our children in the way they should go. To the glory of your name, amen.